0: Even recently, some of the times I'm like, what did I eat today? Like, why do I look so bloated? And my husband's like, just thinks that I'm the sexiest person. And I'm like, are you, what is wrong with (laughs) But like, hey, I don't say that out loud because it's also like, oh, he's seeing, I'm seeing something with a critical judgment eye that came from like the media ingraining things into me, what I should look like. And I'm still working on. And he's just saying like, this is my way.
1: Are you ready? Let's create your dream life. Welcome to the Get Up Girl podcast with your gal, Joanna Vargas. I got the beautiful Leslie Logan. She is a good friend of the podcast here. And as I with her, I hope with her business as well. She is the owner and creator of Onlinepilatesclasses.com. And she's
0: been on so many of the shows. And welcome back, Leslie. We're going to talk about sex today. I know. You're actually on my list to have back to my pod because you were episode one. And so now we're at episode, I don't know, 125. So we got to have you back. <laughs> I just
1: thought you said you're episode one, W O N. My brain is, yes. Yeah, you're a winner. <laughs> one. Yeah, that was so long ago. So I know we can kind of move from that conversation that we had on your podcast. That'd be great. Uh, well, let's jump right in because today is our sex chat that I have here on our little Get Up Girl gang chat. And we're going to talk about the differences between generations now, millennials. You're you're a millennial. You're an, an elder, elder millennial. millennial. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. the
1: elder millennial. And uh, no, no, maybe you're like a middle. Right. No,
0: actually 82. So I'm born in 83. So technically somebody mm-hmm. called them geriatric. And I was like, that is a no, that's a no on that <laughs> elder millennial. <laughs> I know what dial up is. Um We <laughs> grew up with old school and new
1: school, both. Mm-hmm. I'm like, we're the scariest generation to work with because we are good at both. Right. Yeah. We can call from a pay phone and we can call from our cell
0: phone. We know. Oh, ourself. yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. You also, if you call from a pay phone, everyone, not that anyone's using them now, but if they still work, if you use the thing, like you're going to call like a collect call, you can actually, instead of your name, you can just say whatever the message is and then they'll hear the message. And then that's how, so I would call my parents all the time going, come pick me up. <laughs> and we thought we were so slick because it was really short. So we'd go pick me up on Fourth street
1: or yeah. pick me up on whatever street it was on the yeah. corner or, yeah. <laughs> or come at McDonald's. And we'd say it real fast. And then it would say, do you accept? And then your mom would say no. And then she'd go pick you up. That was. Yeah. Like, oh my gosh. Yeah. Uh, problems. Third world, you know, first world problems. Yeah. So let's jump right in about our generation gap about sex. And this has been very intriguing to me. So I just had a, a conversation, Leslie, with a 15 year old a couple days ago and talking about the difference about sex and bodies and the way that we see ourselves. And one of the big things that I learned is that the confidence is not any different. For example, when I was 16, 15, I was not very confident and everybody knew I was not very confident. It wasn't a secret. And what I learned from this 15 year old a couple days ago is that I think the younger generation is showing that they're confident, but they're actually not confident at least in my point of view i they look more confident than i did at 16. i mean i was not that confident so that was really big in my world and i wanted to talk about that and oh jess hey jess we Hi, can- i'll, I'll turn, can- turn on my
2: camera in one sec
1: yeah girl you ain't in the bathroom right you're gonna turn on your camera You got <laughs> so everybody listening jess hendricks coach jess hendrick is also I would say Hendricks. Coach Jess Hendrick is going to join us as well right now with our sex talk. So with that being said, Leslie, do you see any difference in confidence, which will lap over into sex as well, but confidence with our generation as as composed to like Gen Z or even the younger generation?
0: Yeah. I, um, I, I was really blessed in my teaching career back in LA to teach. They were 11 years old when I got them mm-hmm. and I got to teach them all the way to uh, one till she was 14 and one until she was 16. And there is an intellectualness and like almost, um, they have an intuition and they're, they're watching things in a very different way. I don't remember watching people and, and consuming so much, um, but they're watching and they're very concerned and they were very like strategic around what they posted, when they post. Like it was very curated. And <laughs> when we got on Instagram, I was like, here's my food. Here's a sunset. Here's where I'm going. So that was very different. The confidence, I could see them act like they were confident, but you're correct. Like so many of them, there's so much insecurity. And that led to some very interesting relationship issues with them as, a, as little preteens that I wasn't even like, I didn't even think it was an option for me at my, at the same age. So, mm-hmm. so I feel like they act, they, they were acting more grown up for than their age. Um, and they passed really well. If you didn't know, like if you, I think women know, like, I don't think that like my husband would have seen it, but like I saw, I was like, Oh, there's a lot of insecurity there.
1: Mm. Okay. That makes a lot of sense because you said they're watching things. Also, they are being watched. Mm-hmm. So on social media, you're being watched where, when we got social media, we weren't used to that. So we were just putting up anything and it wasn't curated.
0: That's- yeah. I mean, no one saw me at 13 with perm bangs and, and, and straight long hair. So like, you know, oh, yeah. I didn't have to, I didn't have to go through the awkwardness yeah. <laughs> in front of people.
1: You know, I watched videos of when I was a young girl and my, my mom got a video camera and it was a big deal. And I'm watching these videos. And every time she turned on the video camera, my sister and I would act differently because the video camera's on and now we would stop. You see kids now, they don't act any differently. They're so used to having a camera in their face. So they're so used to being watched and so used to also watching others. That is very interesting, (laughs) Leslie. (laughs) Jess is here. Hi, Jess. Hi, hi, hun. Yeah, you're here. You made it in. Well, we're talking about the generation gap of confidence right now. and We're going to move into sex. So let's jump right in, Jess. Have you noticed or do you notice anything, the difference between our generation and like, let's just say a 15-year-old now with confidence?
2: I mean, I I don't know. I I think, I feel like it's something that, because I work with couples, right? And we're supposed to just it seems like everyone just acts like they know what they're doing and, and how to do things. And no one was really taught how to show up in that way in like a healthy manner. So we're just kind of like putting on a show and putting on an image that maybe we're more confident than we are. Um, so I don't know if it, if it shifts as we get older or not. I feel like for me, it's it's even feels even more vulnerable now. Because I when I was younger, I would do things like I would drink or I would do whatever and it would like make it less vulnerable. So I don't know. That's a good question. Would you say like the walls are more up now, even
1: though it doesn't look like it? My walls were further down when I was younger because nobody was videotaping it, so to speak. Okay. I, I think so. I think so for sure. That's very interesting. Because I really, until a couple days ago, that conversation, I truly thought, and Leslie said, but a woman knows, but maybe I was just unconscious to it, that the generation, the younger generation now is just so much more confident and free, the inclusivity of bodies, and I'm like, wow, I didn't have that. I grew up with Victoria's Secret, and you had to be a size zero, so I just thought... I was the worst thing on the planet. You had to be a size zero,
0: but you also had to have really big boobs, which I didn't have. So I was like a two back then. I don't, and I have, who knows how I did that. But, um, and I'm sure if I like actually like thought back, I probably was like eating a bagel a day, but I had no boobs. I still like, they're barely growing now. I'm like, what are, these are a little bigger. They're still, they're still, (laughs) still, but I'm, I I think I could wear Victoria's secrets now, but I couldn't then I was, I just remember seeing these women and going, I'm not, I don't look like them.
1: Yeah, because with the inclusivity now with so many body types, turning on a music video and seeing all types of women dancing in these videos, I never saw that. So I interpreted that, that, wow, everybody's so confident now. So I'm like, is it fake confidence? Or they they don't even know that they're not confident. At least in my point of view, I thought I was a little bit more aware of what was going on and what I was feeling when I was younger, just because I wasn't, there wasn't a mirror there, somebody watching me doing it. However, I was alone while doing it. So what do you think about that, Jess? How did you grow up with confidence?
2: I I was not confident at all because I had a very critical mother. So that was uh, challenging. So I, I didn't feel very secure. It took, a, it took me a long time to feel comfortable in my skin. And I still notice sometimes that like, I'm really hard on myself, I kind of carry the, the voice of my mother with me, who's also hard on herself. So it just like goes down the line, you know, but I do think it is really helpful. Um, like certain companies now are including like all different body types, like American Eagle, like, and it's so awesome to see. And it's like, okay, these are human bodies that all look different. And like, every size and shape can be beautiful. And I'm really grateful for that because I think it can create a lot of, a lot of insecurities in women and, and everyone, just like the images that we're presented with and comparing ourselves to, to
0: that. Yeah. Which, which, you know, it's another thing to worry about or like to think about and to when like worry that people are going to see that you don't look like those Bodies. And I love that they're also showing more cellulite. Like I really wish that I had been told that everyone had it because I remember being 13, like trying to like read all the magazines on how to get cellulite and thinking like these beautiful models don't have it. And I'm 13 and I have it already. So (laughs) you know what?
1: um, I learned about cellulite. Well, at least what I learned is what I took on and what I believed is that men don't like cellulite. For me, it was like all about what do men want? That's how I grew up with confidence. So even though I was confident for me and with other women, et cetera, when it came to what a man wanted, what I believed, then my confidence went down. And so with the cellulite thing, I believed, okay, I got to have the lights off. I can't have cellulite. Nobody's going to love me. Uh, If I didn't have cellulite, I would have more men. I mean, on and on until I met a couple guys and they're like, we don't care. Like, come on, we, we, we don't care. A naked woman is a naked woman, <laughs>
0: right? So, I, I really think it's true. I really think the ones that do care have more insecurities about themselves, but like any guy that I've ever really truly loved, they don't, they actually don't even notice.
1: <laughs> they notice a lot of things. Notice. Leslie, it's like, yeah, goggle glasses. they like, I don't even see it. What, what are you talking about?
0: Mm-hmm. Wow. Mm-hmm. Even recently, some of the times when I'm like, like getting undressed to go in the shower and I'm like, Oh, what did I eat today? Like, why do I look so bloated? And my husband's like, just thinks that I'm the sexiest person. And I'm like, are you, what is wrong with you? <laughs> but like, Hey, I don't say that out loud because it's also like, Oh, he's seeing, I'm seeing something with a critical judgment eye that came from like the media ingraining things into me, what I should look like. And I'm still working on. And he's just saying like, this is my wife and she's naked. And like, why don't we just do something? And like, I'm like, it's not, I'm trying in the shower. <laughs> I wish I'd spent more time understanding that as a younger person, because I feel like the thoughts that I have in my head would be very different. If I just knew that people were just like, so excited to see you naked. <laughs> yeah.
1: Like, Babe, you look great. And I got to stop myself. Cause I'm like, whose voice is that? That's not my voice. That's going to say, really? You think mm-hmm. so? It's like, mm-hmm. you're perfect. I don't even see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jess, I wanted to ask you about your mom. So was your mom a
2: perfectionist? Uh, that's a, it's a hard question. I mean, my mom is very critical her mom was very critical so she just kind of carried that and it was just very appearance based like in our household and so there was such an emphasis on like outer appearances and looks Mm -hmm. that I have a very still distorted perception on the importance of that and like how lovable I am if I you know, look a certain way. And it's like, and I understand logically that it doesn't make any sense, but it's just so ingrained. And I think too, like you, you, you spoke about like men and there's so much programming around like what's beautiful and what men like. And like, it's a lot for, for anybody I feel like to just feel confident. So my friend used to do this body image call to support women and It really blew my mind because every woman on that call I thought was so beautiful and just perfect. And every single woman had these insecurities about her appearance. And I was like, okay, then this has nothing to do with what we look like.
0: Correct. And you know, so uh, there's a woman that y'all should meet. Her name is um, Jenny Schatzel, and she does a lot about changing the conversation around women and their bodies. It's amazing. You can just binge out on her Instagram, but she says the first thought you have is what was ingrained. The first thing you do is who you want to be. So if you are wanting to, you hear the thought, you don't actually have to follow that thought. You can actually take an action that like tells that thought, I'm so sorry, that's an old thing. (laughs) And here's the thing I want to be. So I try to on a good day, I try to remember that. Like, okay, it's okay that I have that thought, but what am I going to do right now to tell that thought? It can go F off. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, the question I ask myself is, who, who does this belong to? Oh, that's not mine. That's so-and-so's. That's this, this, every commercial I've ever seen. Oh, that's not mine. Okay. And then I say, return to sender with consciousness. <laughs> it ain't mine, right? We've all bought something at Amazon and we're like, we don't like it. And we return it. It's so easy to return to Amazon. So how can we make these thoughts, feelings, and emotions return? They're not mine. So I'll ask, like, who does that belong to? So the cellulite thing, who does that belong to? Oh, I remember distinctly was in high school, and I was sitting down with my legs crossed. And this girl goes, oh, you have cellulite. And I was like, oh, I do? Like, that was it. Boom, bought it, done. And I bought it like I bought it from Amazon, and I wore it like a jacket forever. Until now, I'm like, oh, return that. That's not mine that's hers and return it with consciousness. So she can wake up and like, that's it. And return. And sometimes you got to return stuff a lot of times because (laughs) those weeds pop up. Oh, that's not mine. Oh, that's not mine. Oh, that's not mine. Over and over again. So how fun is that? Okay. Let's jump into the sex part. Okay. My number one fun question to ask my gals
2: is how did you grow up with sex? Let's start with Jess. What was your upbringing? Uh, um, It wasn't really talked about. Uh, My parents just gave me a book that was like, you know, about puberty and what's happening to you and all this. And there was no conversation. And then um, when I did have my first boyfriend, my dad said to me, he was like, if you're going to have sex, you need to be on the pill and you need to use a condom. And that was like the entire conversation. Mm -hmm. And I was like mortified. I was like, oh, my God, dad, like, Uh, and that was it. And uh, yeah, so not much really in that department.
1: (laughs) How old were you when they gave you the book? And then how old were you when you had the boyfriend?
2: Um, I think I was like 12 with the book. And then I didn't have the boyfriend until I was like 17. Up until 12, what did you know about sex? Um, Well, my parents, so my mom, my mom's a nurse, my dad's a doctor. So they're both like medical. So I think when I was younger, I asked them like, where do babies come from? And they just told me. And I was really young. And my mom said, I looked at her like, "What? Oh my gosh. Um, So I had like an idea, I guess, but I didn't really understand like how it worked or the logistics of anything, or I had no clue. And I didn't feel like I could even talk to my parents or ask them questions. So, you know, there was like the sex ed in school, but that's mostly just how not to get pregnant and <laughs> the fallopian tubes and it's
1: real yeah
2: clinical
1: yeah, yeah. So. What about you, Leslie
0: oh my goodness I'm like sitting over here jealous I wish it was my like that just seems <laughs> like a dream um I I grew up in a religious household so um so you were not to have sex until you were married and they would like literally take in girls who were kicked out of their parents' house who'd gotten pregnant. Your As a teenager. Admit? Oh yeah. They're like, Oh, here you can stay here. And they're like, See, she got kicked out of her house because wow. okay. she's pregnant. <laughs> like they just made it so scary. And then I did have a date, and he came over to pick me up. And they literally asked him about this story in the Bible about how they had sex. And before they got home, the town had heard out and he was castrated. And so, like, that was the talk that they had. And so, like, I was just like, Oh my God. I know. I was like, Oh my God. I'm so embarrassed. And then, like, what are you talking about? You're like, anyways. So like for me, what their expectations of me having sex was like not to have it until you got married. But here's the most interesting thing. My grandparents, my mom's side, they were 16 and 17 when they got pregnant and that's why they got married. And if you called and they didn't answer, they would literally call back and go, so sorry, we're having sex. So like they talked about sex all the time. And when you go to their house, you could watch MTV and you could like hear all about sex and all these things. And so I had to like learn it from like MTV, which is probably not the best place for any kid to learn anything, but you know, it, at least I knew what was going on. And, um, and then I'll never forget. I came back from college my first year and my mom said, you know, all of our friends who are virgins are getting divorced. So maybe you should have sex before you get married. This is, I'm not, <laughs> and I was like, yeah, it's okay. We already went there. I already did it. I did it without telling you. <laughs> Cause they're so crazy. Now, Leslie,
1: when you did make the choice to have sex before marriage, did you beat yourself up? I mean, like, how was that? Cause I've had some friends that are like, Oh my God, I did it anyway, but I just felt like I was going to go to hell.
0: You know, I didn't, I didn't do that at all. I really, um, it more felt like I was being rebellious. Like it felt like, you know, like, Oh, I'm sticking right. it. I'm doing it anyways. And look at, I didn't end up in it it's like a pillar of salt and no one, no one found out. Um, I also didn't really tell anybody until like, Probably I got into college, but I went to, I went to a Christian university. So like doing any sin could have gotten you kicked out of school. Um, so it was uh, just an interesting way to grow up because I was watching all these people like really want to be pure and saving themselves from marriage. And I was watching them do like cartwheels, like to like figure out what they could do that wouldn't be a sin that would still not be sex. Like I'm like, that's like, still looks like, sounds like sex to me, but okay. <laughs> you yeah. know, so I didn't actually judge myself for it and I didn't worry about going to hell because I just really kind of had this deep down feeling that like God has other things he's worried about and it's not necessarily like me. And also I remember like he let but what one woman wash his feet and she was like a prostitute. And it's like he hung out. with, Like, you know what I mean? Like, I just feel like people forget who Jesus hung out with. So yeah. I was just like, oh, he actually has no judgment for them. He actually sits with them. So I'm not going to really worry about this. I think I have other things to worry about, like not getting pregnant when I have sex, like that would be more of the worry.
1: <laughs> yeah. God, these are so interesting. I love hearing everybody's you know upbringing and what their stories were. gals. now having those two upbringings, right? Different, but still about not talking about it. Have you noticed with the generation now, the difference of how we grew up and what they see now? What is your point of view on that? Jess, we'll go with you.
2: Um, yeah, well, it's interesting because I watched my little niece, and she's going to be nine, and she loves, like, dancing and music, and and so she watches, like, the music videos and then, like, dances like the dancers and is, like, singing these lyrics that, like, she doesn't even know what they mean, but it's, like, they're, like, about sex and about – and so it's kind of crazy. Um, so that's what I noticed. Like, that's the only – kind of comparison I have for like this generation I guess um but it'll be interesting to see just how how it kind of unfolds as she gets older cuz I don't know the jury's out I guess
1: Yeah cuz I mean I grew up that way with Madonna singing yeah. all these songs and I was just like not knowing I'm like I turned out alright so yeah. I wonder is it any different cuz Madonna was there 30, 40, whatever years ago, are the songs any that much different?
2: I don't, I hope, I mean, I would love to say that they're not, but I feel like they are because they're like, it's like rap and like the lyrics. More profanity. Yeah. And like more like really um, explicit, you know? More explicit. Yeah. Where we would, like a virgin was different
1: than we yeah. talking about oral sex and the details of it.
0: Well, they also would like, there was like the song, like wake up little Susie, wake up. It's because they had sex in the back of a car and they fell asleep. Right. But they didn't actually say the words. So you could like, you could actually sing it along and not really, you could put any interpretation on it where now it's like, they're just being very specific. They're telling you exactly where everything is going and how it's doing that and how it makes them feel. And
1: <laughs> now we're like, wake up, we just did it, your mom's coming, get out, yeah. get out
0: of the car. <laughs> yeah. And so I part of me um feels like at least someone's educating them because and y'all, I feel like anyone listening to this, we're in the states clearly. Like I actually have heard that in like like the Netherlands, they do this amazing job with like little children talking about their privates and words that they understand and like where people can touch you. And what they have found is that like kids are having sex way later for the first time, not because it's not like, don't do that. You know what I mean? And like, it's not secretive and it's not a big deal. We make it such a big deal that like, you know, my girl, my roommate at a Christian college, she had sex over the first time at 14. I was like, what? That is so young to me, but it's actually, so people are saying they're having sex younger now, but they were having sex at 14 then. It's just that, um, I think they talk about it now. They actually share, they actually like my, my young clients told their parents what they did. And I was like, you told them what you like, they told me. And I was like, you know, I really do have to tell your parents things that like, make me worry about your safety. Like, Oh, I already told them. I was like everything. And they're like, Oh yeah, we talk about everything. And I'm like, all of it. (laughs) Like, yep told them all all the positions all the things and I'm like I couldn't be a parent today that is too much
1: <laughs> yeah, that leads to my next question is they know so much more but they're waiting
0: much later
1: for many things. Sex I've noticed driving a car is later moving out of your parents' house like things of that nature it's like I'm just gonna take my time but yet they're so much more advanced in some things and then more than us. I wonder if it was like for our generation we felt more like in a cage. So we were trying to get out. I mean, I couldn't wait to move out of my house. I moved out at 17. Uh, You know, everything was very, very early for me because I was looking at my niece. She's 11. And I'm like, gosh, when I was 11, I already had my cha-cha bangs. I was kissing (laughs) boys. I I was boy freaking crazy at 11. I already had boyfriends. I had a one-year boyfriend when I was 11 for one year. That's like a full, that's a real relationship at 11, 11 to 12. And I look at her and I'm like, gosh, she's like, seven, but more intellectually smarter than I was and more, much more aware than I was. However, just different in
0: that aspect. So what do you gals think about that? I think you said it. There was so many rules and restrictions. You like wanted to like get out and experience it. And I think because their parents are like really open and because they can share, it's not like, there's not like any excitement or like, Ooh, what is that? Like, it's just like, Like, you know, why wouldn't I stick around and like, oh, okay. It's not a big deal. So I'll just wait. Like it's, do you know, I feel like it's just a, it's just a different way. It's like the same thing. Like I grew up with, like, you weren't allowed to have the candy because everyone's on a diet. Right. But like my girlfriends grew up with candy all around the house and they don't even eat it. They don't, there's nothing, there's nothing weird about it. You know what I mean? Because it wasn't,
1: I, well, did you grow up with like Cheerios, Leslie? Was that your house?
0: Are you kidding? Those are too expensive. We got the oh. like, we got the off brand, the bottom shelf, <laughs> something <laughs> O's. <laughs> yeah. That was like 99
1: cents. Yeah, yeah. I feel you. But now everybody has like the Fruit Loops and all the good. And we just didn't have that. That was like a big treat mm-hmm. to go to McDonald's. Anything was a big treat. And now the treats are much smaller. So it's like, eh, no big deal
2: that is very interesting. What do you think about that? Jess? Yeah. I, I don't really know. Cause I don't, I don't have a lot of like my friends who have kids, the kids are younger, mm. so they're not quite at that stage yet. So I can't really speak to what it's like.
1: Oh, so you're not around like 15 year olds in your life or twenty one no. year olds or think Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You know, I've taught dance forever. Right. And seeing the different generations as I taught dance and you can see as years would change, just, oh, that's different now. So I wonder just with TikTok coming out, how the kids are different now, because every time something would come out, I could see the, the generation change quickly. So I taught dance, you know, in like the late 90s and then the 2000s and then the 2010s. And you could see how they would keep shifting. It was very, very interesting. An eight year old was not the same eight year old that was 10 years ago. And so I wonder what it is now. It's um, just so much quicker to get their attention. I wonder. Okay, let's talk about now with sex. What is your experience now, Leslie, with sex? It's such a broad question, but what? Such up- a oh, bro- I'm, I'm married <laughs> seven years. <laughs> but even like the conversation about getting into the the shower, and your husband's like, "Oh, and things that come up in our heads."
0: Yeah, I mean, I think. What I'm very aware of now is if I'm stressed out, like I, that's not even a thought about mine. And i when he is stressed out, it's like exactly what he wants to do. And I'm like, why did the universe make us like deal with stress in different opposite ways? Because it would just make life easier if we both were like stressed out and like, let's have sex. <laughs> yeah. But, um, there's a sexologist or a sex, a expert, Dr. Celeste Hallbrook. And she says like, responsibility is the killer of sex. And so I, um, I personally have been like trying to focus on like, how do I take a little bit more responsibility? What am I, what is real responsibility that I have versus like responsibility I've taken on because I, I think I need to do that. What stress is real and what stress is like, you know, it's, it's a part of an old pattern or old habit of like how I react to things because what I don't want is to be that couple that doesn't have sex, mm-hmm. but I also need to be r- realistic of like, I would like to enjoy it too. So I don't want to just have it just to have it. So for us, like we're pretty consistent. I think I would, we're not like we were when we were like first dating somewhere in between would be fun every once in a while. But I think a lot of that comes from like how with the, with running your own, I run my own business. So like running our own bu- with my husband, <laughs> running our own businesses together how do we make sure that both parties are having a workload that allows them to show up in the relationship in the way that they feel comfortable? So that's where, like, what I've been working on really this year is just being aware of like, what is that? And what's the balance there?
1: see that was intriguing. I wrote that down. Responsibility.
0: Is yeah. The- responsibility is the killer of sex, like sexual arousal. So that's why like when people have kids, they stop having sex. It's not because the woman is like, I'm all about the kids. It's because like, she has so much responsibility on her plate that she can't even think about that. Like, that's not even a hormone that's being produced. And so if you would like to have sex with your wife who has kids, you should probably see what you can do to help them to have less responsibility. That
1: I've never heard it put that way, Leslie, because during the pandemic I was ready any time of the day. Why? Because I had less responsibilities. i yes. Time on my hands. Yes. When I'm on vacation, it's like, woo, three o'clock, let's go. Other than that, I'm like, one of my things that kills it for me is my exhaustion. My brain wants to go, but I'm literally, I could barely keep my eyes open. I'm so freaking tired. That's yeah. one for me, but the responsibility.
0: Wow. Yeah. So that, like that blew my mind because doesn't it make so much sense? And so here we are like going, why can't I be like who I was when I was on vacation? Cause you're not, you have responsibility. Mm-hmm. And so, um, ha- having that conversation with her and I had it on my podcast. So like my husband listens to my podcast, we do a recap. And so it was so fun. Cause I didn't have to tell him like, Hey, the reason why is because I got too much responsibility. <laughs> this doctor told him. <laughs> <laughs> and so it's something that we're like keenly aware of as like, as a goal in the business is like, what other things can we take off my plate? <laughs> So oh, I love that. I love that that's his goal because he's like, I want to have sex with my wife more. <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah. Oh, that was really eye opening. Thank you for that. And Jess,
2: Jess is single. And so what's your life right now with sex? I'm not having sex right now because I I have decided not to have sex outside of a committed relationship. So mm-hmm. I'm not. And uh yeah, it's challenging. Like not, it's not challenging to not, because I just like, for me, it's fulfilling if there's like an emotional connection, not just a physical. So, um, but it's challenging not to have like the physical touch. Like I really miss that. Um, and it's been like, I think my relationship ended in November. So it's been like seven, eight months of like no physical touch at all. So one of my friends actually, um, came over last night. Cause she, I don't know if you guys have heard of like stretch lab, those places where you can go to get stretched. So she's one of the w- people that works there. So she came over and just like stretched me last night. Cause she was like, you need, you need like a little touch. And I was like, you're right. So, you know, but that that's really hard, like really challenging. I find.
0: Oh my God. You need weekly massages. Like you just yeah. need to go, even if it's the foot place. I actually like I think that's a really great choice to make. And I think a lot of people, it makes it easier. Like it just takes it off the table. Like it doesn't make it complicated going on a date. It's like, what am I going to do? It's like, you already know, like, that's what your, that's what your decision is right now. Yeah. Cool.
2: Yeah. And I mean, I've done the other way and it doesn't just work for me very well. Like it's not because then I get attached to people and it's like not loving for myself. So this is kind of the way I'm doing it now. I mean, it's all always learning though. Right. Like, yeah, touch is very important to me. Like during the pandemic,
1: when uh, I was single, and oh, that was the number one. I was just throwing tantrums with my girlfriends on the phone. I need touch. I need... So, one of the choices I made was I would go get massages, and I was open and I was actually preferred. I'm like, I would like a male masseuse because it would take me out of my comfort zone just to receive somebody massaging my feet that was a, a man, right? To receive that energy. And that really contributed to me, you know, because before I'd be like, why I prefer a female, blah, blah, whatever the story was. And then I was a little bit more open to that. And it was really cool because I had to really bring down my walls and my barriers in order to receive that massage and not feel like stressed out from him. And, uh, so that was pretty cool for me. So now I'm like, you know what, every time I get a massage, I'm open to either. And I'm like, I wonder what I can receive from both from all the energies. So I love that you got that stretch. Yeah really cool. You can hug me anytime, hon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh anything else you guys would like to add that we didn't talk about before we put a bow on this?
0: Well, I think um something that I find really interesting is the is a is the with the generation I think like people think that their parents or their grandparents or whatever were like prim and proper. And something that like I just really understood is that like back when like when you're talking like Our age, right? Like my grandparents, like World War II, right? And everyone's like, oh, they were so prim and proper. They waited. No, they didn't. Those women married every fucking sailor. They slept with all of them. Like these men were gonna go off to die. So they like had sex with them one last time. So like I think when I hear people judge, like, oh, the generations are different, or they're more sexual, or they're more this. I don't think so. I just think that it's actually out in the open more. And I actually think that if we just did a better job, like not making it like the thing you can't do, but just more of like a, Hey, like, like almost like just as parents that made it very uncomfortable, like, Hey, this is how babies come from. And like, if you're going to have sex, we need you to do these things. It's like, if we just made it a little bit more, less like this special thing, I think that we'd realize there's more similarities to all of us and there are differences and And I and I think that there'd be a little bit less judgment that people who are like teenagers who are having sex, they don't go, Oh, they're so young. It's like they are so young and for whatever reason, that's that's a choice that they're making. And so it's more like, why are they making that choice than like they're making that choice? And so I don't know. I feel like maybe our grandparents are a little bit more closer to us than we think Mm -hmm. in that regard, at the same age that we were. And then it's just that it's how society views it is much different. And so we, these teen, these teenagers today can talk about it. I wasn't allowed to talk about it. I would be the guy would be beaten up, <laughs> you know? So I don't know. I feel like I w- I can't wait to see how in 10, 20 years we look back and realize like, Oh, maybe there's a better way to make all of this a little easier. So it's not like so taboo.
1: Well said, Leslie. Yeah. We're all the same. Yeah, I'm learning stuff about after my mom passed. I was like, oh, she was a little okay. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah. So cool. I go, okay, yeah. She just wanted the best for me, but I, I see. Yeah. How about anything for you, Jess, that you'd like to add in?
2: No, I just appreciate the conversation, like having a space to come and talk about these things. I think is so awesome because there aren't a lot of spaces to have these conversations. So I'm just grateful to both of you ladies for the space. Thank you both.
1: Thank you, Leslie. Thank you, Jess. Thank you. Because I wanted to this to be unscripted and just like three girls chatting. This is talk, right? right. And just whatever comes up and having these platforms. So we do this once a month this, to talk about sex and to get different points of views and how, how we were raised. I, I've learned a lot and to see now where we are. And I loved hearing about both of you, like where we are today as compared to, you know, wherever it was. (sighs) I appreciate you all for listening. Thank you for listening to the Get Up Girl podcast. And please follow Leslie Logan and Jess Hendrick on Instagram. You can just swipe up and their information will be there. And we will see you next time. Thanks, ladies.